0: Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your ivory tower representative, Amanda Ledeke, literary agent and vice president under Gregor Amideke.
1: And I'm your self-publishing insider, Maurice Crow, novelist and speaker. Over the weekend, there was some drama. On the internet. and It reminded me of this problem that we see with a lot of authors. And what happened was this author decided to take to Twitter with their disgruntledness and air to the world that they were unhappy with people giving their book four and four and a half star reviews. Hmm. And When people started pointing out, hey, that sounds really ungrateful, the Mm. author completely doubled down, insulted their readers, insulted anybody who disagreed with them, and like called them all nerds, basically. Mm. Um, And not in like that nice way, like I can own the term nerd. This was like a insult, nerd calling. And, you know, we've seen this in our writing groups, too. where people will see what their current review like their their overall review rating is at and then decide well I'm not good enough yeah or you know "I, I shouldn't be a writer I wanted to talk about how for you as the author reviews are not there for you and just because a review is negative does not mean that a review is bad. If when my book goes live on Amazon, it gets a one-star review, because people don't like. Well, I didn't know that there were going to be so many LGBT characters. One star. I don't like reading that stuff. That's not. That's not a bad review. It, it's a negative review, but mm-hmm. it's an honest review.
0: Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I've seen a lot where authors, especially with that first bad review. Hmm that stings a lot and there's there's this mentality to like kind of take it like as like a battle scar or like Mm. a mark of you've progressed this far in your career that someone disliked your book enough to leave a bad review yeah you know it's like they kind of take some pride in it but then it's like when those reviews keep coming or when there's more of them than you thought there would be right (laughs) yeah then it's It's hard. And I've seen authors just really, really struggle with this. And it's like they lose all sense of it's like they lose all sense of how they felt about reviews before they were the one being reviewed. Yeah. Cause you can't tell me that these authors always gave five stars. No. You know what I mean? To the books that they've read. Yeah. What are some things that authors can do to help weather the storm of a bad review?
1: I mean, I know this one gets thrown around a lot, but honestly, just don't look. Yeah. I know. I know that's really difficult, but there are some spaces out there that are not meant for you. So don't occupy them. Things like Goodreads, like don't ever, don't ever, ever.
0: Goodreads is just brutal. Like that is where people are very frank about what they think about books. Right. They pull no punches mm-hmm. and it can be, it can feel very like much like you're being attacked. I think also another way to deal with it is to keep in mind that every author has, pe- there are people who don't like their books pull the the biggest best selling book of all time, and there are people who are critical of it. Mm-hmm. So no matter who you are, from Stephen King to J.K. Rowling to whoever you may be, there will be people who are so super critical of your books. Yep, and you can't escape it. There's no magic person who's ever had like constant five-star reviews, except for the people who only have five reviews. And those are just reviews from their friends and family. (laughs) Yep. So that's another thing to keep in mind is that even the greats, the great writers of our time, the great writers of the past, I mean, goodness, we could all debate whether or not we like Faulkner or whatever, you know, but that's just our opinions and, and readers are allowed to have opinions.
1: And really reviews are there to help guide other readers. Mm -hmm. They're there to help inform somebody else. Yeah. Well, this is what I liked about it. I didn't like this. I didn't like the pacing. I didn't like that. There wasn't as much romance as I expected. And that's, that's still, that's not bad. It's honest. As long as what the feedback you're being given is Mm -hmm. honest to what you've written. I just don't think there's room to really complain. And I, I see no wisdom in hanging your ego on you know what your what your rating is anywhere I mean if you walked through Walmart or Target or something and looked at the general public would you expect everybody to think yeah everybody likes my outfit yeah everybody likes my hair do you do move through life expecting everyone to like you Mm
0: -hmm.
1: like I just don't care yeah you know which is really the equivalent that you have to have. Like if you start getting a bunch of really bad reviews, like the writing was bad or the characters were bad or, okay, then it's time to listen. Then it's a craft problem. But if your book has positive reviews, even if it's, you know, my average is three stars, that's still a positive rating. Mm -hmm. That's still a positive rating in a five-star system.
0: Yeah. So in this whole review book review issue. There are the people who leave the reviews that are not helpful, that are just like, well, I didn't read this book because I don't like this author's hair color, you know? And so one star, like those kinds of unhelpful (laughs) reviews that I hear authors complaining about. And I think the way to weather that storm is to recognize like people are smart enough to see that for what it is. Like someone, someone who leaves a one-star review and then says, well, I didn't even read this book because I don't like the title. No one's going to take that and use it to influence their purchase decision. Exactly. (laughs) So it's not a big deal. It may affect your overall rating, but it's not going to sway anyone to or from your book.
1: Yeah, you really, you can't lose sleep over what other
0: people think. And another another tip, and I think this is still true. There's a lot of concern over books that have only five-star reviews. Yes. And I find Amazon- it suspicious. Yes. Yes. So not only do we know Amazon finds it suspicious mm-hmm. and they keep an eye on books that have a flood of five-star reviews, but also you, Carice, as the reader, you find that suspicious. I do find that maybe suspicious. Something not right about a book that doesn't have any negative reviews.
1: Exactly. It doesn't seem authentic. It seems it seems like, you know, maybe you gave your book away to your friends and family. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't even read it. Right. And they, they all just, okay, it's launch day. And everybody goes out and gives you a five-star right. review. Right. Especially when it's like a bunch of five-star reviews with no comments in them. Right. Just click the button and I've done my part and I'm done and I'm out.
0: For that mindset that like, it's best to have only five-star reviews and anything less than is a mark of shame. That mm-hmm. is completely wrong thinking. And Amazon is smart enough to sometimes, I mean, sometimes they're smart enough and sometimes the algorithms, you know, right. get the best of them, but they do tend to watch those books that have suspicious ratings going on. And they will delete ratings if they feel that the that the algorithm is being gamed. So there is that. Because I know like now with book yeah. reviews, it's like authors are telling their reviewers to, you know, you post on this day, you post on this day, you post on days this day. And it's like a calendar of when people can post their reviews because they don't want it to seem like there's a flood at the right. beginning. Right. Mm. Because if there's a flood, then Amazon gets suspicious.
1: My husband has a fantasy series. The book one of that series is called The Crimson Flame. It has overwhelmingly positive reviews, more five-star, some four-star, a three-star. And there's one one one-star review. So I'm going to read that to you guys. Because I want you to know he does not care about this review at all. Like, this is not something that bothers him one bit title of the review from tom is childish (laughs) gave up on this one the world building was pretty good the character building was terrible everyone in the story regardless of age behaves as if they're 14 to 15 years old the main character age is given as 32 but his actions dialogue behavior beliefs values are all of a 15 year old occasionally he's referred to as kid Supporting cast is just the same. Older, powerful mage types talk and act like teenage schoolyard bullies rather than adults. The bad guys are right out of a cartoon. Shaved heads, crazy eyes, dark robes, evil laughs, wanton destruction, standard-issue bad guy monologues, just missing the swirling cape and a handlebar mustache to twirl to complete the caricature. If you're 15 or so, you might enjoy this. Burn!
0: Oh. (laughs) With <laughs> 15 year olds have very low standards when it comes to books yeah to I person. guess oh that is juicy
1: and you know what if that's a reader who tends to like you know big flowery language like if they love Lord of the Rings if they yeah. love that kind of deep prose yeah, yeah they probably hated Ben's book yeah that's not how he writes
0: right But that doesn't make him wrong right exactly right so all this to say, bad reviews happen. They may sting, but they are not the end of your career. So please do not blow them up into more drama than the than necessary. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gatecrashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username which is at gate crashers and be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode.